back. <laughs> it's been a little while. And I'm back with another solo episode, which is quite exciting, particularly because I had forgotten that I'd written this. So when I sit down to record, I've always written it already, or at least done a rough outline of what I'm going to say, because I am not much of a public speaker. Anyhow, um, I thought, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to write something and sit down to record it. What am I going to do? And then I went to my drafts and I found I'd written something. So without further ado, today I want to talk to you about running, specifically how to start and nurture a running practice. So when I was at secondary school, I was not considered sporty. And there was a lot of sport by kind of state school standards. You know, there was cross country running, there was hockey, netball, swimming, athletics, as well as any kind of extracurricular activities. Um, I did ballet and horse riding. Anyway, sports seemed to be a really big deal. And another way to make your mark in (laughs) the education system. (laughs) But in a class of 30 plus kids and five forms per class each year so yeah it was a lot of children I was a very small fish in a sea of girls to an all-girls school lucky me Um, and there just wasn't an opportunity to find movement that I enjoyed and I think this will probably be the same for quite a lot of millennials out there particularly women anyway add to that the decade that I was in, which was the 90s, and my traumatized ass was so painfully conscious of the body I inhabited and how, you know, it wasn't like Kate Moss's. <laughs> um, anyway, I decided I just wasn't sporty. And I use that word sporty in inverted commas because it's complete nonsense. Anyway, I bet you did too at some point. So, an old article in The Guardian, it's really old, but. Um, It was published after a women in sport report um, showed that girls just aren't engaging with sports. Anyway, it said that 56% took part in sports versus boys at 71%. And there was this one line that really stayed with me. And it's this. In the past, students who were already sporty were used to identify and lead changes at schools. So... Even when trying to address the issue and find a kind of progressive solution, the media upholds the idea that sporty is linear and finite and something that girls either are or are not. So what they're saying there is that, you know, students who were already sporty, they were already sporty and they were being used to identify and lead changes at schools as opposed to the kids who weren't sporty yet. Anyway, so that's where I thought about me, myself. So for almost 30 years, I completely opted out of movement because I just wasn't built for it. I wasn't an exerciser and I most certainly wasn't sporty. So why would that suddenly change? My eating disorder was pretty rampant until after I had kids. So my thin privilege meant nobody questioned my health. I was slim. I had a healthy BMI. So by these bullshit markers, absolutely nobody needed to worry or encourage me to change my lifestyle. Subsequently, not exercising and a cycle of restriction and binging became habitual. 
until in my late 20s, I met my husband and spent several years traveling and changing my career. It's too long, don't read. Binge my blog later. (laughs) And discovered movement that made me happy. Yep, it transformed my body, but not in a way that I expected. I felt strong and powerful and like I was sporty. So yoga with Adrian was my first introduction to daily yoga in a way that didn't just mean achieving poses. Cliched, I know, but I did my first laughing yoga class in India and I couldn't believe how different this class was with this tiny, insanely flexible Indian yoga teacher than to the bougie class I went to in London where sacred meant a cursory namaste washed down with a green juice. So, okay, I like yoga then, but what else? Ah, running. I love running. I love it. And I didn't always love running. I wanted to. But every time I joined my friend Caroline for a run along the river, I felt totally out of my depth. I hated it. Out of breath, sore, very unsatisfied. I gave up because I'm a perfectionist. (laughs) But one day I downloaded the NHS Couch to 5K app and I discovered the joy of running when nobody's watching with no expectations and in tune with my own body. Honouring how it felt and mindfully noticing what felt hard and when it felt hard. I don't run with this app anymore. Um, I haven't for a decade probably, but I mostly just stick to listening to a podcast or just sticking my headphones in and listening to music and I head down to the sea. But my practice has remained consistent over the past decade, throughout pregnancies, throughout traveling, throughout, you know, newborn babies and breastfeeding and sleep deprivation. So I want to share my tips and advice because I know there are lots of people out there who want to start running, but feel intimidated or just don't know how. Number one, get a good guide. If you have the budget, a personal trainer is one way to get into running and ensure you minimize injury and work on form. But let's face it, most of us don't have the money or time uh, or inclination. (laughs) Happily, there are heaps of low to no cost options. I like the NHS Couch to 5K app. You can get that on Android or iPhone. It's a structured program to get you running 30 minutes in a gentle, sustainable way. And I think it from memory, it's over six weeks, six to eight weeks. So it's really nice and gentle. You won't even realize that you're building fitness. Um, yeah, I love it. And you can find a fairly decent selection of running coaches on Instagram who offer a level of free advice. And of course, there's the legendary park run, which is free and nationwide. I also read a few books, Running Like a Girl, Run Mummy Run and I Can Run are all books that I come back to. I I do want to say that with all running books, they are all running books that are targeted towards women have terrible titles. I mean, the amount of run like a girl, running like a girl, yeah, run mummy run, I hate it. And um there was one called Run Fat Bitch Run which number two I I just can't don't put pressure on yourself (laughs) consistency doesn't have to mean all the time there's been times I run five days a week 
there's been times I've run three days a week, right through to a couple of times a month. At the moment, I aim for about once a week and that works really well for me. Ultimately, you have to find a running routine you can stick to in a joyful way. Otherwise, you'll just give up after a few weeks and you'll feel disappointed, which is basically the toxic diet culture model. You deserve to find movement that you love, that fits in with your life. Number three, find a juicy route that brings you joy. I love running by the beach so that I can hear the seagulls and the waves and bonus down in Brighton. It's nice and flat. (laughs) I hate running in the park because it makes me feel claustrophobic and I rarely run on busy streets. I prefer to take side routes where when I have to. There's a quick route that I sometimes do when I don't have much time. It's like a quick 5.2k and it's really light and busy and so it feels safe in the evenings when I'd never head down to the beach. By the way, I did that once and I absolutely shit myself. (laughs) Number four, mix it up. So I've recently started interval training because I got into a bit of a um, 8k rut I wouldn't go any further than 8k. Like sometimes I would go to 10k, but I pretty much would like stop, stop short at like 7.5 or 8k. And there's something about heading out knowing that I want to run to kind of XYZ spot that makes my body do a hard stop when I reach my goal. Of course, there's nothing wrong with doing the same route and length each time, but I get really bored easily. And I know that if I don't pique my own interest, I'll just give up. Number five, rest. I did not understand the importance of rest days until I started cross training with with my Peloton um, because I'm a twat. (laughs) And I noticed how much more I enjoyed my runs when I only did one or two a week. Obviously, if I was training for a race, I'd, I'd tweak the frequency, but I'm not. Well, right now anyway. And the most important thing for me is to enjoy myself and stay injury free. So I hope that helped and I hope you enjoyed this little what she said foray into chatting about exercise. <laughs> um, if you like this episode, then please rate and review and find, come find me on Instagram. I'm just at Lucy Lucraft. You can find uh, all the other places to um, hit me up in the show notes. And I would love to hear if you have found movement that you love. So for now, bye. Love you lots. <laughs>